What's up, everybody? How are you doing? This is David Jagna from UploadVR.com, and we are broadcasting live from our virtual studios here, and I am joined by... I'm Tatiana. I'm the digital marketing manager. And over on my right is our guest for this episode. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Matt Kramer, creative director at Sanzaro Games. Cool, cool. Thank you so much for joining us today, by the way. I really appreciate it. We'll be joined in and out by Ian. He is our teleporting uh, host (laughs) of the day. Um, We have some mic issues with him, and he's having a few technical little minor hiccups, so we're going to get that fixed while um, he is coming in and out. He'll be over in that desk over there. Um, But for today, um, we don't have Kyle, our usual host. He is uh, busy with family obligations, and Jamie is in France right now which is not as cool as VR, but I guess it's a cool place to be in real life. <clears throat> um, so we're going to be r- running with us three and Ian. And uh, so for today, let's uh, go ahead and get right into the news. We can get started with that. Um, first of all is the Borderlands 2 VR launch. That has um, not been going great on the PC side of things. Um, so uh, what happened is whenever they launched Borderlands 2, on uh, Steam, there were some issues with the Vive version of the game, uh, the Steam VR version for whatever reason, and uh, the Index version. It was listed as having Index support initially on the Steam page, but then 2K came out and said yesterday, oh, sorry, that was a mistake. Uh, so it turned out there's not Index support for Borderlands 2 VR on PC. And uh, people even on the Vive have been having issues with the way that it displays in their headset. Um, Rift users seem okay with it, but for the most part, the game still has some um, port issues. There's a lot of flat boxes. You have to point and click on things a lot. There's not, there wasn't a whole lot of work done to make it more immersive. The same issues the PSVR version had. Um, but overall, the, the, launch, the launch for that game hasn't been great on PC. The, the, I think the reviews on Steam are... Um, very negative right now. A lot of people are getting refunds, especially the ones that bought it on Index and then didn't have support. Um, so I, I guess, Tatiana, in, in your experience, have you ever seen um, you know a launch really go quite like this? It's kind of surprising. Ooh, I mean, I'm really trying to think. It actually kind of takes me back to Borderlands 2, or was it Borderlands 2? I believe it was yeah, Borderlands 2 on the Vita, and how it really wasn't scaled properly for the Vita. So you would look at all the text and it would be super tiny and you couldn't read anything. Um, And that was like a big issue. But honestly, off the top of my head, the only other thing that I can think of is like the first Final Fantasy 14 1.0 was so bad that Square Enix just took it off and essentially redid the whole game (laughs) and made it a lot better. (laughs) I would say that one was probably the worst. So, uh, Matt, from your perspective as a developer, a lot of the stuff yeah. that you've worked on in VR and even outside of VR has been a lot of platform exclusives. Um, so yeah. I, I guess from your perspective, you know, a game like this that had such a big profile outside of VR, it was re- it's re- often regarded as one of the best co-op shooters of all time. Oh, yeah, um, it's a blast. You know, and now this game, you know, it doesn't have co-op in VR. That's the, what the big negative point of it. Um, but um, just for the VR launch, you know, not... Supporting index headsets well, having Vive issues, you know, but the Rift version seems to work okay on Steam. Um, you know, c- can you just kind of talk about some of the technical issues that are often plagued in VR development that people might not be too aware of? Yeah, I mean, we're always, you know, trying to make it everything work for as many platforms as we can and, you know, accommodate the, the community as much as possible. Um, you know, and it was great with Asgard seeing people you know, dig in from, from, you know, different views and trying different hardware and 
um, you know, having that work out as smooth as it, as it has. Um, but it's always a challenge, but we try to, you know, accommodate the community and, and the players as much as possible. Yeah, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that actually because Ian, um, the he's actually played Asgard on his uh, on his with his index using Revive, right? And um, he's he's had a good experience with it. You know, those controllers are pretty similar to the touch controllers. It mounts yeah. over pretty easily. Um, and the the cool thing about Revive, something that a lot of people not might not be too aware of, is uh, it is a hack. So technically, it is a hack. It's allowing a Steam headset to ac- access Oculus Home, um, but you do still need to own the game on home. So people are still having to purchase it through oculus home it just is a workaround for the hardware side so right. it's, it's not like people are pirating the game they still have to own it um which is which is good so i think that's part of the reason why um that hack is kind of regarded as sort of a you know not not too terrible way to work around some of the limitations of oculus home right and i mean as a developer we want as many people as possible to play you know our game so if they're playing it that way i don't care i mean they're still you know, enjoying it as, as, you know, the Oculus community that buys it through the Oculus headset. And, um, you know, again, we want as many people as possible to, to play Asgard's Wrath. So um, I'm happy to see that. And I'm glad it's worked out so well for the community. Yeah, we're um, for Borderlands. We're currently waiting on a uh, response from 2K. We asked them if they plan to support Index in the future or if they plan to add support for Cosmos or um, what the status of the fixes for the Vive version are because um, currently they're saying that it supports Vive, but that's not what users are reporting. They're still having issues. So hopefully they get that fixed up. Um, e- even when the game launched on PSVR, it was it was pretty blurry at first. They had to issue a, a patch to make the visuals better. Um, it didn't support the aim controller at first. They had to patch that in. Um, it, it had launched initially on PSVR without any of the DLC, but that's all there now. Um, for free so if you get it on uh, on steam you can download the dlc but it is a separate purchase again so it is a separate um game there is no co-op it's not the base game you have to buy it separately i think it's 49.99 i believe is the price i think it came out two days ago um so that's that's an ongoing thing hopefully they can get it sorted out and uh another game speaking of games that have had launch issues is budget cuts and um, whenever that game first came out it had a lot of bugs they eventually got sorted out um but budget cuts 2 a mission insolvency the sequel that we actually were part of the announcement we unveiled the game during our vr showcase at e3 um, budget cuts 2 now has a release date so that is officially coming on december 12th for rift vive and index my birthday there you go asgard draft came out on my birthday look at that we tried david there, there you really go tried. and now <laughs> and now we have fast travel games and neat corporation releasing budget cuts 2 on your birthday this hey. is great news also, right. just to let you know, Matt, in the comments, everyone is is showing great love for Asgard's Wrath. Oh, cool! Thanks, guys. It's it's super happy to see everyone playing the game and enjoying it. And so, if anyone, someone, I was gonna say, someone does actually have a question. Uh, Herillo asks, Revive works well with Asgard's Wrath, but it's very heavy on the CPU. Are there any update plans for optimization in general for Rift that may spill over for Asgard's Wrath? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. We have uh, a bunch of patch notes, you know, that we just released, and um, that's going to continue moving forward. I mean, we have full support for Asgard's Wrath, and we plan to, you know, we, we listen to you guys, you know, hop on our Discord. You know, we, we're on there every day reading all the Reddit uh, posts, and, you know, we want to make you guys have the best experience possible. So, um, you know, if you're having issues or you have suggestions or – anything we're always here to listen and we'll be updating the game you know 
going forward just to make it as polished and um, you know the, the greatest experience we can make it. Uh, awesome. Someone, Kay Asante says that game is the best VR game since Lone Echo. Huge praise. Totally game of the year for me. And sh- cool. they use Revive with their index. That's awesome. That's oh, great. That's Thank cool. you very much. Cool. Yeah, definitely good to hear that. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, if you guys have more Asgard Drath questions, definitely pepper them into the chat. We can kind of try to keep a, a mental log of some of those and um, ask them later as well, because after we cover the news and go over the other topics, we will be having a one-on-one interview, Matt and I over in the corner. I'm pointing at it, but you guys can't see it, but it's on the other side of the studio past, past where I'm pointing. And we have an interview chairs over there. So we'll, me and Matt will be over there talking later. Um, Oh, ha! there's Ian, but he's, he's silent. We still can't hear him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anders Johnson, while Ian slams his fists on the desk, asks, will Asgard's Wrath work well with the Oculus Link? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, we showed that at uh, OC6, um, and, you know, that was one of the first times I'd seen it on the Link, and I tried it out. Uh, that was so funny because I talked to you about that at OC6. Yeah. You said you did not even know they would be demoing the game at OC6 on the link. I didn't, no idea. I didn't, but you know what? I, I had to go over there and try it out, and I was absolutely <laughs> amazed. At the how, creative how director of the game tried it on link for the first time at OC6 with everyone else. Yeah, it Classic. was great. <laughs> it was great. And, uh, you know, for, again, for, for us as a developer, you know, we want more people to play what we've created so it just gives players you know more options uh to enjoy the world of asgard's wrath and really dig into it um you know be it on the vive or, or the oculus headset um we're just excited to to get more people in, into it and checking it out for sure um, I th- and there's a lot of people i think that are that are super excited for the link i think um, yeah. Hopefully that comes out around the same time as Stormland is what it looks like. And so Stormland and Asgard's Wrath both dropping within a month of each other and then the link coming out. That's, I think there's going to be a big influx of people that are that are going to be introduced to PC VR content through the quest that way. I hope sure. so. I hope so. Did, I mean, that's did I do it? Is it working? Oh, my God. Oh, there he is. Ian. We can hear you. <laughs> Hello. Okay, good. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Harillo also said thanks for the answer, uh, and they saw the list for the G feature update, and they thank for the, you for the sprint feature update that's supposedly coming up for combat. We listen. We listen to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a good example is uh, with Sensaru with uh, Marvel, um, what was it called? Marvel Powers United. You guys yep. updated that game for months after it came out. You added yeah. new missions, new enemies, new like the the game is dramatically better than it was at launch i think for sure yeah thank and, you um, yeah we, you know, we did a couple of big updates for that um so uh, before we uh, get bogged down too much to just a one quick other note on budget cut so that does come out on december 12th um for riff 5 and index and uh, i'm assuming it'll come out on oculus home so who knows maybe the link version will work with quest as well and um, uh, Jamie reviewed the first game. He's not here today, but uh, he generally liked the game. He liked a lot of the mechanics. It just, to him, it felt like it ended a little bit too early. There, there, there wasn't enough expansion on the vision that they had established. And so to him, whenever he tried the demo for Budget Cuts 2, he feels like that is sort of the um, ultimate culmination of the original um, vision of what they wanted budget cuts to be from his perspective. Whenever he tried the demo, he played it back before E3, and he had a lot of nice things to say about budget cuts too. So that's that's coming out in less than two months on December 12th for Rift 5 and Index. 
Uh, I know, uh, Ian, you've played a bit of Budget Cuts, and we covered that game a lot leading up to launch. It was one of the first games they ever showed on a Vive back before in early 2016 with all those videos and mixed reality videos. And it took a couple years for it to finally come out. But, um, you know, Budget Cuts 2, that's this is one of the first sequels of a VR only game that was ex- anticipated before headsets came out. So this is kind of a pretty big um, release for for the VR community. Yeah, so it seems like an opportunity to, uh, you know, like it, it was one of those things that launched with a few bugs, as I recall, when it finally came out. Yeah, there were some game breaking bugs, and then they, they like delayed it a, a couple weeks the day before launch, basically, kind of like what Aspire just did recently. Um, so, the, I mean, they've had time, they had, they established the game, they fixed a lot of the bugs, and now they're building on top of it with the sequel. So hopefully, very the exciting. sequel should have, you know, like it'll hit the ground running faster. Yeah. I really hope so. It looks, and from the trailer, everything we've seen looks like a. They've they've taken all the feedback from the first one and really, really taken that into account. Yeah. Have you played Budget Cuts, Matt? I have not. No. But I might have to after hearing about it here. So it definitely sure. a sequel. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, there's actually another pretty good question for Matt here. Uh, Chris Culver asks, if you can talk about your decision not to go with physics-based melee and maintain the one-to-one parity. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, originally when we started working on the game, we had a lot more physics-based combat in it. Um, but, you know, for us, you know, we're gamers. We, we really want the, the one-to-one feedback. We don't want uh, to create a system where you can you know, cheat and, you know, put the sword behind the enemy and wiggle it around. Um, and, and we had a physics-based system for quite a while, but we ended up going with something a little more succinct, um, something that, um, you know, players don't feel cheated with. Um, and they can really have a full, you know, rewarding experience and, and you know, get used to it and, you know, learn the combat and all its, you know, um, ins and outs. And I'm really happy with, uh, where we got with it. Our lead designer, Grace Lingad, she did an amazing job on that stuff. So definitely give her a shout out. She's the combat master. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I I mean, if, if you want to know more about my thoughts on Asgard Drath, you can obviously read my full review at uploadvr.com and the, watch the video review here on our YouTube. Um, we gave it five stars. We love the game. Um, the combat was one of the only things that I had some, um, I wouldn't say issues, but if, I think room yeah. for improvement a little bit. It got a little repetitive, and I think you guys are aware of that. But um, mm-hmm. there, there are many of there are many ways that you can mix things up, and a lot of it comes down to your personal preference. You know, whenever yeah. I was playing the game, I defaulted to a very sword and shield heavy combat style. I really liked Ingrid a lot. Um, yeah. So that that the way of her fighting carried over how I played all the other characters. But eventually I got more comfortable with their own unique play styles, especially mm-hmm. sticking with the, the with his staff, you know, oh, yeah. switching He's that awesome. mid combat. It, Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those games that really rewards experimenting. And um, so I think the combat's a good example of that. Yep. Um, uh, so so for our next. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say someone did ask because I just want to know now, now that I've seen this. Uh, Zucott asked if it's true that Matt came up with the idea of a frog animal follower while singing in the shower. Oh, my. <laughs> Zucott, that guy. He, he's trouble, that, that character. Um, yes, I, I, I do like to sing in the shower quite a lot. That's that's where most of these crazy ideas come from. Um, really? Yes. Okay. Yes, Zucott, that is where it came from. Um, wow. And if well, you'd like song? to hear a little song right now, I could sing you a little 
As oh God's man! Wrath, okay, yeah. As God's wrath is amazing, and we're glad you guys are enjoying it. Have fun in the As God's wrath. <laughs> that should be the closing jingle for the for this episode. Heeny, Heeny, clip that and put it at the end of the episode. Get on it. <laughs> I'm trying to clap in VR to the best of my abilities. There we go. Yeah, the clip. Oh, that was terrifying. <laughs> I try. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Good. good. Not bad. Not um, so bad. Hand speaking of that. speaking of hand tracking, the other news topic is Avengers Damage Control, which is a void that. experience, a new void experience that is uh, rolled out to most of their locations. I tried it in the Anaheim location at Downtown Disney near Disneyland. Um, just just this past weekend, I did it. It just came out, and um, it it was it was impressive. You know, it's it's really impressive. I I think it's the best void experience I've done, um, and that's mostly because of the content. So the it uses the lead motion hand tracking for all of the gameplay. So you're um, tasked with you know wearing this new Iron Man suit that's uh, created with a combination of Stark and Wakanda technology, and you can shoot beams out of your hands. You can put up your arms and make shields. Um, it's it's pretty cool, and it's uh, all collaborative co-op and all that. It's longer than Star Wars. I clocked it in at close to half an hour, I think. Oh, wow. It took wow. Me. Um, this one does cost $40, though, so it, it does cost more. Um, that but, Disney. Yeah, I was I was really <laughs> impressed. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much, but at the end of the experience, there is a huge battle that is similar to the big battle at the end of Endgame, and there are just tons of Avengers that pour into this area. And uh, I don't want to tell you too much about who it is. It takes place after in-game. It is canon, so this is part of the story. Um, but it just, it's just, it's it's great. I, I love it. I have to ask, though, how is the IK with this experience? Because if there's anything that, you know, has bothered me about the Void, if I have one complaint, it's always that the IK is just very off. Like, my arms will connect with arms of other people. and So they've actually fly. specifically updated it so that the connecting with other people doesn't happen as much. Yay. I didn't notice that really happening. That was something I noticed a lot in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, Star Wars, the, especially. It seems like they've updated whatever firmware or whatever is That's doing awesome. the tracking to make Good. that particular part better. The, the overall animations are still very stiff because there's not body tracking. It's only hand sure. tracking. Um, but that, that's been fixed for the most part. And it's funny because it, it's just so bizarre because the way that it scales mm-hmm. the, uh, the bodies of the people you're with. So I, I did it with a friend of mine that's taller than me and then my wife, who's a little bit shorter than me. And then a kid, um, his my friend's son, who was technically too young, but he was tall enough, so we just lied and said he was old enough. And um, he was like, you know, down here, so he was like a little baby Iron Man. It was so cool. Like, oh, so, and cool. then they put your names on your armor, so you can see who's who, and you get to pick your colors. So there's like a dozen different colors, which was really cool to be able to customize all that. That's um, cool. So, yeah, so I I really liked it a lot. Uh, have you tried the Void, Matt? Oh, sorry. Uh, what was that? Sorry. Eating? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did the Ghostbusters one and Star oh, Wars. Okay. Ghostbusters yeah. is the only one I haven't done yet. Well, aside yeah. from Marvel, of course. But they they were great. It's super fun, especially like we we did the Star Wars one at uh, Disneyland, and it's fun to you know get my wife and and my my brother in law in there, and you know they're they're in the VR, but not as you know obviously as much as me, and they're like they were blown away. They just you know just the tactile freedom to move and pick stuff up. So, um, you know, again, anything in VR, you know, and to get more people exposed to it and 
have it in a location like downtown Disney is super exciting. You should do um, what's it called? Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Yeah. Nicodemus. Oh my gosh. I actually, that was like the first time I closed my eyes in VR. Dying to try this one. I I love your horror stuff as Ian knows. And I mean, oh man, I want to try it so bad. You, so you do get separated because it was myself, Chris and, and his best friend. And there was the three of us and I didn't know this, that we were going to get separated, but it literally in the beginning, you're, you're on a train that like goes in the opposite direction and they really use the whole space, which is why it's not always up with like the other stuff. I couldn't hear Chris in Texas for the longest time because we were so far apart. And then I eventually heard them screaming and then Texas Mike just runs across the thing. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) There's stuff like there's puzzles with like levers and like, you know, chopping off your own hand kind of thing. And like you can, there's multiple endings to it too, uh, which Chris and Texas couldn't figure out the one puzzle that I successfully did by myself. So we did not get the good ending, but you know, it's it's really cool. It's very interactive and yeah, very there are terrifying. a few more points that, that I want to bring up about location based VR, but we'll save that for the the hot topic coming up later after the news. Um, there's a few other things I want to talk about there, but to, to move on to our last big news topic of the day, um, there's been a lot of new stuff coming out of Microsoft. They have this new like what is it like 14 page long research report. They have all these new videos of. A city scale walking where they have like a, a, a like a, a what's it called a Windows VR headset a backpack computer all these mm-hmm. trackers and and everything all over the body and like this whole like futuristic bodysuit of a guy walking around the Microsoft campus for like 20 minutes and cool. all wearing the headset and the the whatever program they have is you know adapting in real time to create barriers to funnel him towards the safe walking routes and it's. It's so impressive, and they have like this new eye, eye tracking stuff, new haptics prototypes, and so Ian, well, why don't you start us off here because you're the one that's kind of read up the most on this. Yeah, uh, so we've got a series of stories on UploadVR.com, sort of covering various aspects of, of all this stuff. In fact, uh, just published one this morning uh, by Heaney out there uh, that talks about how much uh, power efficiency needs to increase for us to have glasses-sized outdoors all-day wearing AR glasses because it needs to track all of the environmental features. Yeah, um, and then the brightness but, too, right? Like it has to be bright enough so that you can still see the display and the, enough opacity and yeah, so many stuff. different the, things. Yeah, And yeah, and tracking is one of the biggest issues. So like what the, the Microsoft research was, they had this m- massive backpack with like back uh, backup batteries on the back um, and a full-size backpack pc all strapped on there along with i think there was a phone uh attached to provide really accurate gps tracking as well as two depth sensing cameras real sense uh intel tracking cameras facing outward so it had in total like six or seven different pieces of hardware all tasked with tracking the environment around the person and then in VR, the person was notified in various ways, this is the path you need to be on to stay on your virtual path that's mapped to your real-life path uh, 15 minutes across. I think it was Stanford's campus, probably. Um, and so they were able to stay on that path guided by these all these different sensors. Uh, there's also various research out there that we covered 
covering the different types of haptic technologies that are in the work. So there's various ways to sort of hold back your fingers or provide resistance to your fingers in various ways. And um, basically, Microsoft researchers released a whole series of papers this week related to their various projects. And one of those projects was another haptics project to give you really convincing um, feedback for when you pull on little things. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about that, David, when we get to the sort of hot topic of VR arcades, because that's one of those things that you really need to get right mm -hmm. to do have to have a really impressive uh, VR arcade experience. Which I was going to say, I think when we did Dreamscape together uh, at the beginning of the year with like the whole whale thing and really feeling like we were on the little underwater scooters, I would say that's probably like the best example of that. Yeah. In my opinion. Nicodemus has my favorite uh, on a couple of them. And I don't want to spoil them because if you go see it for Halloween, I'd basically so be, be spoiling a couple of the big scares to bring it up. But uh, those haptic effects are some of the most memorable of any of these visits. And so if they can improve that in any generation, uh, in any way, improve the haptics of this stuff, uh, it'll be a huge benefit for future VR experiences. The, the third research that Microsoft uh, revealed or talked about this week was a paper outlining the different ways they can do eye tracking. Uh, actually, one way of doing eye tracking, the various benefits of doing eye tracking. And it was very interesting because it if you go read that paper, it'll break down all the different possible benefits. So there's foveated rendering where if you're tracking where the eye is looking fast enough, you can render only the best detail directly in front of wherever the eye is pointed. Well, uh, the Microsoft researchers showed that if you track the fovea, if you track where, if you track where the person is focused at any given moment, you can change things in the periphery without them even noticing. And that's another one of the, the big potential improvements. So the, the example they gave is that there were two props, two virtual props sitting out on a table in front of a person. And then they had uh, the another version of the props sitting up there over on a weapon rack. And what they did was the person looked over at the weapon rack and kept their eyes focused on the big axe for a minute longer than the spear or for, for like a few seconds longer than the spear. And what they did is while the person was looking over there at the swords, repositioned where the virtual prop was and moved the one that the person cared about the most into position so that when they reached forward with their hand and grabbed it, the, the weapon that they wanted was waiting for them in the exact right spot. So they picked up a physical uh, prop in the real world That's cool. that could have fit either of these yeah, the virtual handle, weapons yeah. and just moved the one into position that the person uh, had indicated okay. that they were interested in. That's pretty the cool. Future. Yeah, very interesting <laughs> stuff. And it, it's very hard to talk about because you're talking about two different regions of the person's eyesight uh, while having wow. to say, you know, technically the person could notice this, <clears throat> could see it, but their eyes were pointed in the other direction, so they didn't even notice it happened. <laughs> That's crazy. As a developer, how, I mean, are there any, like, cool use cases you could think of for stuff like this? Like, could you imagine playing a game like Asgard's Wrath with, like, real-world tracking of your movement oh it'd be amazing it'd be amazing <laughs> i you know and i hear things like that it just you know it it spurs creativity because 
you know, we look at all that technology and all the different ways we can use it in a, in a gaming sense and where that can go. And we're only, we're at the beginning, you know, this is just the start. You can imagine where everything's going to be, you know, five, 10 years from now. And, and even where we are today, I mean, look at this, it's, it's just phenomenal. And um, as a game developer, you know, I, I see just huge, huge potential in the, in the VR space and, and um, you know, really to get people to feel like they're in those worlds and, and uh, you know, uh, live those stories and breathe them like they've never done before. So hearing stuff like this, it's just, you know, it's more technology to, to add to our creative toolbox. Awesome. <laughs> someone, someone in the chat said stares at a VR Amazon advert. Thank you. Your order has been shipped. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, like, we should, oh, have man. you guys looked at the, the horrible Amazon listings for VR? I mean, oh, Jesus, that's that's no. what I've been spending my free time doing is looking at these horrible uh, listings for the Vive Cosmos. They, they put the Vive Cosmos listing in with the HTC Vive that shipped from in 2016 and it's got a four out of five star rating on Amazon if you look at it. Because uh, that's, a, that's, that's including three years worth of HTC Vive and HTC Vive Pro that's ratings shady. getting mixed in there with the Cosmos. Mm. Is it shady or is it Amazon not knowing? I, I think it's both their uh, fault, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because it, it, it is replacing the original Vive line. So yeah. I could see from Amazon's perspective, this is the new model. Yeah. But it is so dramatically different in every single way. It is. It's a new product. I, I think it's same. all automated. And like, there's. I use Amazon a lot. You know, living in LA, there's traffic going to the grocery store, right? So like, I use Prime now and like the fresh delivery. And like, sometimes when you search things, you just get results that are like, this has literally nothing to do with this. So I, so, I genuinely <laughs> believe it's mostly automated. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, so the yeah. bestseller and the and the choice are both cardboards. Like, so if you do search for <laughs> VR headset or virtual reality headset, a lot of those will be a thirty dollar cardboard that is apparently highly rated because those. Why, it's I, accessible, right? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, that's funny. Um, so if, if there are no other questions about any of the news topics, uh, we can move on to the releases of the week, our next segment here on the VR Download. Um, there, there aren't really a whole lot of big new releases this week. I think we're in kind of a, a post-Adsgard's Wrath wake of a little bit of a you know, waiting period here. You know, well, you guys it, kind of made a big good, splash. Though. It's good because, you know, you got 40-plus hours of gameplay to go through, so... <laughs> You know, you got some time before. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a softball. I, I set you up too <laughs> easily for that. <laughs> Speaking of the forty-plus hours, someone earlier had asked, you know, what makes Asgard's Wrath so much bigger file-wise than uh, yeah, everything like else? Is that have to gigs. do with it? Yeah, I, a lot of that is textured. To be honest. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Because I think a lot of VR games are either procedural. Or don't have many yeah. environments. It's um, you know the content and enemies might be different, but the environments are kind of regurgitated. Yeah. But Asgard is like completely each different area that I every ten feet in the game is like a brand new thing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So I mean that that's why it is the size it is. But um, you know we're we're super happy with it, and you know I don't want to walk through the same 
you know, dungeon hallway for, you know, 40 hours. You want to have it compelling and interesting. And Oh, man, and, shots fired at Skyrim. There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Oblivion was better than Skyrim. Don't ask Yeah, me. high five. Hit yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, if you haven't played Oblivion, it's on Xbox Game Pass. So get on that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so releases of the week. Um, the two biggest ones, obviously, are Borderlands 2 VR, which we already talked about quite a bit. Uh, but the other isn't really a new VR game. But rather, it is a mod for Grand Theft Auto V that allows VR support. So there have been mods in the past. There have been mods with hand tracking. There have been mods that use Vorpix, the, you know, fake VR support. Um, but this one is probably the easiest that I've seen to date. Um, it's just a couple files you download, stick them in the folder, change a couple little things in a text file, and then you're good to go. You launch the game and it's in your headset. Everything works. Um, so there's no hand tracking support. It's, I think, currently Rift only, I believe, last time I checked. And you have to use a gamepad or keyboard and mouse. But... If you were okay with the fact that it's not hand tracked, then it is. It's it's pretty is, great. Um, is and it motion first sick, person and motion sick prone. I'm, I'm yeah. I was getting to. What did you say? <laughs> I would say is it gonna is it first person or are you still third person? You can pick. You can change the camera. Okay. I mean, it defaults yeah, to first, say. but you can change the camera if you want. It's, I think I'd puke. <clears throat> to, to Ian's point <laughs> and your point, yeah. If you if you have any issues with motion sickness in VR or outside of VR or anything at all that relates to being uncomfortable in VR when things aren't built for comfort, you should probably stay away. (laughs) It is uh, obviously a game that was never designed with VR in mind. Um, Even just small things like getting in and out of a car will make some people's heads swim Mm -hmm. Um, because the the camera like sticks to your head, right? So it's like it's first person in a normal 2D game and you open a car door and the camera will you know wobble to get in the no. car and then your hands go and then it zooms back to drive and I actually then, like taste the vomit in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> and then oh and if you get hit by a car oh my god it, it you'd get sent flying like the camera just goes everywhere i jumped out of a plane yesterday Oh my god yeah someone was saying it was crazy but that was nuts it was an amazing stream Oh, I, oh, okay. Well, I'll I think I puke watching it. Yeah, <laughs> so I got. I, I got I'm little, blessed that I, I got a little crazy watching stuff. the eye tracking Microsoft stuff this week. Because yeah, oh, you're. Man. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you're Mister Tinsel Tummy am, over there. I am blessed right here with an iron stomach. Every time I play D and D, I have to play a dwarf now. That that was a deep cut nerd joke. I don't know. If you're <laughs> yeah, it was. About that. Oof. Um, yeah. So it. If you can look past that, if you have the ability to, you know, be okay with that, then nope. it's um, relatively unmatched. You know, there's not any other game like it in VR that's this 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 massive where I can get in a car and drive for an hour and mm-hmm. you know just go, and I can get in a plane and fly over the same city. There's, I mean, it's essentially a city life simulator. You know, there are pedestrians everywhere going about their business. There's cars. There's people. There's you know, there's a military, a police force that'll come after you if you run over someone on the road, you wait a few minutes, the ambulance comes, you know, like this is like a city simulator. So if you're not familiar, which I assume you are, it's GTA, but if you're not, then um, it can be a very violent game too. You know, that you have to put that disclaimer. Um, I, I killed a guy that looks like John Cena on the pier and it uh, relatively traumatized me a little bit because it was I'm clearly not, not, not allowed John to play Red Cena Red Dead. if you could see it. <laughs> I can't play Red Dead Redemption in my house because it's too violent and that's, you know, an unpopulated wilderness. Yeah. I, I can't even 
fathom GTA with a family setting. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be showing my two-year-old how to how to steal a car later. So nice. Yeah, it's, it's going to go over well. Uh, are, are you a GTA fan? What about you? Yeah, yeah, of course. I love GTA. I watched some of those videos yesterday. Um, oh, okay. And, yeah, and like you, I'm I'm pretty VR adept. So like watching those, I was watching some of the motorcycle riding through the city uh, and whatnot. I oh mean, yeah, I, the motorcycles were so fun. Yeah, yeah. that looks great. Um, you know, I want to try it out. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. And um, you know, I love GTA. I love Red Dead. Um, you know, play through all those games and, and to see some of that stuff, you know, taken into VR and, and, um, you know, getting a new view, um, it, it's, it's exciting. I think the community is just going to eat yeah, it up to that point. Um, I think my favorite moment, my, my, t- I'll say two, can I do a two? My two favorite moments uh, of the, of the stream yesterday was, um, first was riding the Ferris wheel. Just sitting there, you know, in VR and having it slowly go up and looking over the pier, the city, and seeing the waves. The water looks amazing. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but most VR games don't have good water. That's one of my personal metrics of a good game. That, and, that's always been the metric for, like, good yeah. graphics. It's like, man, look at that water. That water looks so good. <laughs> I mean, the world peaked in Wind Waker back on GameCube, so yeah. you know, it's never going to get better than that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the water looked great. And then the other thing with too, the sun was setting. It was kind of in the evening. I had just drove an ambulance off the road up onto a mountain. Nice. And I as was, as I one was, does. As one does. And <laughs> I was standing there and I looked out over the city and I saw the sun setting and it was just, it was gorgeous. It looked fantastic. I should take you on, whenever people come visit, I take them to Santa Monica and I take them on the GTA. I can't do air quotes yet. Uh, the GTA <laughs> tour and I take Ooh. them to like the house from the beginning and like the, the pier oh, and stuff. So I'll have to take nice. you on the GTA tour when oh, you come over. Okay, awesome. Cool. Um, I guess that one of the other bigger games this week is Audio Trip. Um, so that's a, a rhythm music game. Um, but it's more dance focused as opposed to slicing blocks focused. Um, Beat Saber shout out. It's got a smaller soundtrack, I think only nine or ten songs. Um, but it's very flowy, right? So when you're playing it, you're you're it makes you flow more. It, it, it's you're supposed to feel like you're dancing when you play it. Um, so we'll have a review of that probably tomorrow from a freelancer. Um, he's he's working on it right now. Um, but yeah, are, are there? Well, what else? Uh, what have you been playing in VR, Matt? Other than Asgard Wrath, have you had time for anything? You, you know, once once we finish, you know, working on on the game, you know, it's it takes a bit to to get back in there and and play it again. But with Asgard, it's it's been completely the opposite. Um, you know, I'm actually playing the game now, and uh, and there's parts of the game that that I haven't fully. You're, you're playing it right now. Right now? Well, not right now. Right now, <laughs> but you know, when I'm at, at, at home, you know, relaxing, playing some VR games. You know, I'm, I'm playing a little Beat Saber and you know, playing some Asgards. And the the game is so big, and there's so much to discover and see. Um, you know, there's still details that I, I haven't seen in the game, and um, you know, that's really exciting to to come across. So that's really what I've been playing the most. Ironically oh. enough, you know, you think you finish a game and you don't want to play it again. It's, you know, with Asgard's, it's been completely the opposite just because of the, the sheer magnitude of, of Well, you of have to keep playing it. it to get new material for your songs. So. Yes, yes, yeah. that yeah. I need to do. I, I got a good Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio song coming up. Oh, all man. Up. All right. Yeah. All right. I love, I love me some you. Dio. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Does the GTA 5 thing work on Steam headsets or no? I think Someone right now it's asking. Rift only, last okay. I checked. Uh, 
That's what people um, I thought, was talking but... to the modder, and um, I think he's traveling, but he he's gonna he has a lot of updates planned. Um, so it's not done at all. This is just cool. the first public release, but he's still working on it. Um, okay, so um, we can move on to the hot topic. Psst. That was Steam, the hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Not doing it. Hi, right, Ian. Fine. So the hot topic <laughs> is uh, location-based VR. So we talked a lot about the Void earlier, but there are more location-based VR things than just the Void. It's one of the most well-known. Obviously, they're partnered with Disney, so you hear about it all the time because Disney owns everything. But there is there is more than just the Void. There is um, One of my favorites is Nomadic. Um, they uh, I think their flagship is in Orlando or... Vegas? Uh, it's somewhere. I don't know. They're, they're opening two more. Very different places. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> Anyways, Nomadic has a really cool Arizona Sunshine-based experience. And um, the reason why I like Nomadic so much is because, um, you know, some of the best things, like you were saying, Ian, for the Void, are those haptic moments that you remember the most. And Nomadic is basically built entirely around that. Hmm. So they're like, instead of just being a room that's modeled to be similar to the VR space, like you have tons of objects in the real world that you can touch and manipulate that, that are then translated into VR. Like an example of that would be like, if you walk into a room and you see a desk, you can open the drawer physically and it opens inside VR too, where you can grab ammo. That's cool. And then like, you know, guns will, you can grab guns that are placed around. There was a moment where I walked into a room and there was like a, a zombie laying, you know, like back in his chair like this. And I walk over to him and I reach out and there, I can actually feel his helmet that I pulled off. And then the zombie like fell over and it was, oh, it was terrifying. You know, like little <laughs> jump scares cool. like that that you'd see in games all the time. You think, oh, it's yeah. whatever. But when it's in VR, it's totally more immersive. You know, it really catches you off guard. And there, yeah. they're like, there was a really cool part where I sat on a bench and a helicopter was taking off. The whole bench started to vibrate, and then like it lifted up, so my feet weren't touching the ground anymore. Whoa. And it was like it like leaned, you know, as the helicopter was going, and the wind started to blow on me. It was yeah. They're, they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. I tried one of those. Um, I tried a Gear VR location-based experience, which is the most bizarre, like extreme possible setup I can imagine. Where they had they Gear do VRs that at CES all the time, tracked by OptiTrack overhead, just like all like most of these other systems. And the only memorable bit of the whole thing for me is the haptic effects they had in the floor. Mm-hmm. It was an aliens experience, so they had the xenomorphs jump down onto your platform just a foot away from you and the model is the the most like simplistic possible model you can imagine (laughs) to run on a gear vr on a phone but you feel the thump as soon as it hits the floor in your feet and it's just magical Um, yeah i I think one of my favorite things about location-based vr is actually dreamscape um when ian and i went and we did the uh what was it the cursed the, the story of the cursed magic black pearl whatever it's got a really long title but i had taken chris afterwards too and he was he's like oh you know there's a you move around a lot like there's a it's a really big area i was like no actually we were in that one small room the whole time and he was like whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait we were in that one and this room was maybe the size of my master bedroom like it it's not crazy big but it gives you this illusion of moving in so many places and 
that's something I feel Dreamscape has over the other location-based things is that like yeah you really can't tell that you're in a tiny room mm-hmm. and they do an that's excellent cool. job of that yeah that's cool yeah uh, what are some of your favorite location-based vr that you've tried have you tried any other i've only void? done the void i've okay. only done those two void ones but um you know I, those were fantastic but hearing about some of these it makes me want to try some more are, you're in la right are you uh san francisco like oh, okay. area his yeah. dreamscape they're opening one in dallas but the, the main one is here in century city but yeah. it's totally yeah, i think it. i think the void just opened up in san francisco they they if, have a location yeah. there now i want to recommend if anyone has a dave and busters in the area uh Ooh. try to go to the dave and busters attractions that they have they have a couple they have a star trek one i believe which i haven't tried yet that. yeah um they have a dragon one and then a jurassic world one that's the one that's it's only five dollars for a ride very oh, quick wow. Um, I think it was $5. Those prices That's fluctuate. Cool. Um, but you can do four people at once, all in vibes, I think. And then they've got the motion platform. They've got wind blowing at you. So it's it's a combination of some of the best effects for a very low price, very quick in and out with multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. And then Sandbox is coming. Um, yeah, we're doing so, Sandbox yeah, next week. Yeah, you yeah. guys are doing the new Star Trek thing. I've tried... Yeah. I did the sandbox pirate game and the zombie game. The zombie one was pretty bad. Um, you literally just stand in a square with other people and you shoot waves of zombies. That's the entire thing. But the pirate one was cool because it was more puzzle focused. Like there was a part where we went down below deck in the ship where there was a big ghost chasing us and we had to physically run around and evade him. But mm-hmm. the room was so small that we had to try not to run into each other. You know, like we had to try to like swap spots and there was a cool puzzle moment where we had to light torches while standing on platforms that had buttons. So we had to light the torch with the physical prop, stay on the button, and then toss it back and forth to light the different mm. torches. It was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, so the Star Trek one, I'm going to be excited to see how that turns out. They just got a bunch of funding too, right, Sandbox? Yeah, they uh, they have a, a collection of investors, including some celebrities, that might you know lead to some kind of collaborations down the line. Be curious to see what they do with that money. What were some of the celebrities? It was like, was Will it Lady Smith, Katy Perry. No, Ka- no, no Katy Perry, Will Smith, Sorry. Orlando Bloom, don't, Kevin don't Durant. Get mad. I apologize. Vegas, Orlando, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, same thing. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I literally cannot. Speaking of Vegas again, they have a roller coaster there that uses VR. Pretty cool. I ask, enjoyed ask it. Ask David to remember which class is used in Skyrim. He'll remember. I mean. Any fact, wow. but you can't remember. Wow. Lady what a Gaga complete noob. There are no classes I, in Skyrim. I would love oh, to sorry. find the wow. person. I would wow. love to find someone that woke up in Orlando <laughs> and was like, am I in Vegas? Wow. <laughs> like, I, I'm now going to find that person that, 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 that's happened to. I, yep. The, oh, you. Two-Bit Circus in LA, too, is a great place to go. Oh, uh, they do, they do yes. beta nights. I have not done beta nights yet, but they'll have, like, developers bring, you know, beta products their little room things are really cool because they actually theme the rooms so we did this one called the raft where it was like think left for dead like in the south with crazy monsters so you go in there and you actually have this crazy themed room that goes with it and it was it definitely kind of makes a difference when it's not just a little blank room i've tried some of those escape rooms that were pretty bad i tried one at madame tussauds that was 
I mean, they didn't have the four-player syncing worked out at the time that no. it launched. So, like, the worlds were different for each player, and you <laughs> were relying them. on puzzles that are reliant on the other person doing something. Just make sure your software is made by, you know, quality developers. Yeah, for sure. And test it out. <clears throat> okay, well, um, before we move on to the interview segment, if anyone has any final uh, questions or comments about any of these topics we've discussed you can let us know in the chat uh, i will i'll have the chat box pulled up for myself so if anyone has questions for matt while i'm talking to him i can ask and or you can monitor chat as well tatiana and just shout at me from across the room if you want um either, either one doesn't matter um but uh thank you everyone for tuning into the new segment of the show um, we are live every thursday at 10 30 however next week october 30th we will be going live instead of the 31st because that's halloween um, so we want to, you know, not do it on Halloween so we can, you know, some of us have kids and stuff or whatever, I guess, yeah. like me. And um, instead, we're going to do it on on uh, Wednesday, 1030. And uh, we're still in flux a little bit on who the guest is going to be. We'll we'll let everyone know when we have decided. Um, but you can check out all of our coverage of the topics we've discussed here, all the news articles, reviews, interviews, all that good stuff at UploadVR.com. And here on our YouTube channel, we have a lot of cool interviews and videos and uh, yeah, so if there are any final little comments or questions, uh, otherwise, um, you and me, you and me, buddy, we're going to go over into the singing corner, otherwise right. known as the interview corner. I want to watch it. this happen. See y'all next week. <laughs> I'm going to stand and watch this I'm happen. I'm going to snap my fingers. My screen. Snap my fingers and it'll happen. I just want in a moment. There it is. There All it right. is. Wow. Look at this. Nice plan. You must be watering yeah. this. Yeah. 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 This is one of the really high maintenance ones. Someone has to come into VR every day just to make sure we, just, wa- just we, to we water the plant. Give it some water. We can still see Tatiana over there. She's she's hanging out. I don't know if we can hear her, though. You sound really far away, so it, it truly does. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah this is great. This you is you can leave cool. if you want, Tatiana. Uh, I was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> see ya. What I'm going to do is I'll pull up the chat window and using. Sure. Uh, Oculus Dash here, little fancy pin. I'm going to be able to see chat. So if anyone has any questions, you can let me know. Um, otherwise, hello, hello, hello. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. This is a great medium. It's it's fantastic uh, interviewing like this and being on the show. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, for people that are tuning in to just the interview segment, which we might clip out separately, go ahead and just recap uh, who you are, um, your title, with studio, the games you worked on, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, my name is Matt Kramer. I'm the creative director at Sanzaro Games. Uh, recently, we just released Asgard's Wrath. Um, before that, we had um, Marvel Powers United VR, um, Ripcoil, and also VR Sports. Um, those are all our VR titles. Um, we've also worked on other things like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sly Cooper, uh, Mystery Case Files, and just a bunch of stuff all around. Uh, very well-rounded, well-versed studio. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, compared to your previous VR games, Asgard Giraffe, uh, in my opinion, represents a sort of a full culmination almost of the yeah. vision of what you know, the, a made-for-VR epic game could be like because uh, Marvel's Power United, you know, it had a lot of characters, it had a lot of fan service, but it was still kind of a wave-based combat game a little bit. Yes. Um, there wasn't an overarching narrative so much. 
Um, but as for a draft, this is a game that you can play from start to finish, and it could take you anywhere from 25 to 40 plus hours to get all the content. You know, just getting through the main story took me over 20 hours. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, that, this is a game people can play a lot. Most VR games are, you know, pretty short. And I think a lot of that has yeah. to do with the fact that there aren't enough people with headsets yet. You know, it's been a few years. So we, I think we have a, you know, between PSVR, Rift, Vive, Quest, all the different platforms, we, we have several million people out there. But yeah. in a world where there's like 100 million PS4s, it's, you know, a developer doesn't really have the resources or time to invest in a new market like VR so much. But with companies like Oculus and Sony, you know, funding big projects like Azure's Wrath, it's starting to change a little bit. And so uh, from your perspective, what was it like working on a game of this magnitude for VR versus Rip Coil or VR Sports yeah. or, you know, something smaller like that? Well, you know, each of those games, you know, they're stepping stones to what we've created where we are now. Um, you know, with each of those, we've moved our technology forward. We've, um, you know, learned more about how to make VR games, um, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Um, but this is the kind of game that we've wanted to see in this space, just like all of you guys. Like, you know, we want the big, you know, gaming experiences that you're going to get for PlayStation and Xbox and, you know, 2D um, PC games. We want to bring that to the VR market. And, um, you know, working with Oculus, which, by the way, is fantastic, probably the best partner we've ever had, um, you know, and then believing in us and having such a fantastic producer like our buddy out there, Mike Dorn, I know you're watching, um, you know, they believed in us and, and um, they saw what we were trying to create and, um, you know, let us run with it. So it, it's super exciting seeing uh, people seeing what we saw years ago and now they're here experiencing uh, uh talking on our discord and reddit it, it's just music to to myself and and the the, the entire studio here uh, so to tell me a little bit about um you know the origins of sanzaru's work in vr can you kind of you know hey go into the time machine for a second and go back to pre-2016 and you know before you released Ripcoil vr sports challenge you're yeah. coming off sly cooper you know so i mean what what led to you guys being so heavily involved in VR? Because you've released four VR games now. Yeah. That's that's four times as many as, as most developers. <laughs> um, so, I mean, well, what, what led to this? You know, we had um, our first game that we started with was uh, VR Sports. Um, I think myself at the time I was on uh, Tron Runner uh, mm, for, yeah. for Disney. And, um, you know, uh, we had Evan Arnold, our technical director, uh, and, and, you know, Glenn Egan and, and you know, Team Guerrero, they were the really uh, driving forces on, on VR sports. Um, and it, it was received really well. Uh, it was a touch launch title. So um, was VR sports, was that a game that, you know, how did the relationship with Oculus begin? You know, so did you guys pitch them on VR? Did they come to you? How, how, did, how did you guys link up? Yeah, they, they just came to us. Um, you know, it's quite a small community up here in yeah. the Bay Area. Um, we were interested in the in the opportunity to delve into VR. Um, we've got a lot of friends that work there. We've got a great relationship with them. Uh, they wanted to do a sports title, uh, and that's that's you know that was the big thing, um, and uh, it just blossomed from there. Um, we rolled off, the Tron team had rolled off, and then we had started on, on Rip Coil, which was a much smaller 
project, and that came out around the same time as, as VR okay. Sports. Cool. Uh, we have a, uh, a viewer question from Jarillo. Um, during development of Asgard's Wrath, what was a feature that felt in theory like it would be mm. a great idea for VR, but then it turned out to not really work that well? Wow. There's a lot think of, of Yeah, okay. Uh, off the cuff. Um, I don't know off the cuff, but, um, you know, that we did have a couple comfort options for teleporting, um, and we had oh, it in for right. For quite it's a, long it's a time. smooth locomotion only game, right? You That's cannot correct. teleport. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we ended up removing it just because of, um, you know, it breaks a lot of the, the systems behind the, you know, you can't have combat and, and then teleport out of the way. Um, and it's a, it's a feature that a lot of people find comforting having a game that has teleport. Um, but we felt that it's not needed for this type of game and it was removed. Uh, it was in the game for quite a long time. Um, okay. And you know what's great is when I hear and read comments of people playing Asgard's Wrath, and they're like, "Man, like I don't. I usually feel sick in VR, but this game doesn't make me feel sick." Um, and we have a lot of really good comfort options, and it's it just feels great when people are playing the game and and they're enjoying it. Cool, cool. I think um, for me, as we talked about earlier, I'm not really someone that usually gets motion sick. Right. So it's it's interesting to see the the feedback and discussion about that kind of stuff because it's hard for me to identify the triggers for other people just because you know I don't personally experience it. Right. Um, but I know that you guys have a lot of comfort settings in the game to to dim the field of view whenever you're moving quickly to do snap turning or smooth turning to change the acceleration of when you're moving. I think all yep. those things um, you know really are good features for people so they have those options. Yeah. Again, we, I mean, we want the widest audience to enjoy the game and, and feel comfortable in it. So, so um, this is a question I don't know if you'll be able to really answer, but for Chris Richardson wants to know if um, there was any sort of, was there a reason why Marvel Powers United didn't have as deep of a narrative? Was it um, mm -hmm. just lack of time, scope, or, you know, directive from Marvel or... Can you, can you comment at all about why the game is more wave-based uh, instead of a full, you know, articulated story? Yeah, it was definitely, um, you know, from outside of our control, um, you know, uh, certain uh, groups had wanted a four-player co-op game, uh, and the, the single-player or co-op story was, was definitely diminished a little smaller than the, the co-op side. Uh, would we like to do a full-on narrative co-op, you know, Marvel game, of course. I mean, you can you you look at what the the intro story, the the training stuff that you're going through uh, at the beginning, where you're you know you're meeting Hulk and and Rocket and Spider Man and and all those characters. I I love that part. I, uh, it, you know, to be honest, <laughs> I could do a whole game just like that. Yes, but yes, you I, heard it here first. <laughs> Sanzaru is. <laughs> I, I would love it, but you know, some you know, there's you know, we we're independent developer, and and you know, um, yeah. ultimately, you know, people want certain things, and certain groups want uh, certain. So uh, we need to make to a petition up. to Marvel and Disney. Marvel Ultimate Alliance VR is the It'd game cool. that we want. There It'd it is. Cool. There it is. And um, you know, speaking of the the void, like I was talking about earlier. It feels almost like an extension of that sort of concept because yeah. you're you're in VR, you have all these characters coming up and talking to you, and you're fighting alongside them. Um, and so, you know, to that point of co-op, you know, co-op being a 
popular yeah. thing in uh, VR and in outside of VR and non-VR games. You know, co-op is all the rage. You know, people love it. And yeah. uh, I do, too. I love playing with people. I like single player, too. But, you know, co-op has its benefits. And, um, you know, Stormland's coming out. It's a co-op-focused game. Yep. Um, what, was there great. ever any consideration to maybe have multiplayer in Asgard? Was that something that you ever thought about? Even like, even if it was totally separate, like an arena yeah. where you could just fight or something like, was there ever any consideration um, for multiplayer? We definitely talked about it, but we wanted to stay focused on the story narrative. Okay. Um, we do have the async stuff in there, which um, I still feel has a ton of potential. Um, I think, you know, async gameplay Speaking uh, it, to the the god form versus mortal form is what you're referring to. Well, just like you know, if someone dies in Asgard's wrath, you can you know go oh, and, right. and reclaim their their yeah um, true you know go battle and and yeah. you know both parties um, you know get rewarded for that. You know that's only a small part of what I think async can can be as a, a from a design perspective. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, but for Asgard, we really wanted to focus on the story and we added that little bit of, uh, async stuff in there. Okay. Um, so the, the way Asgard is, is, uh, sort of structured and this isn't a spoiler for anyone. This is just sort of informational. Um, the way it's structured is, you know, you have different acts. Um, so you have like a character that goes through their storyline and, you know, it goes through all these different dungeons and puzzles and enemies and, you know, fights a boss at the end or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And then their story is completed and then you can go through each act and then replay acts with other characters to find new areas that you couldn't find before kind of Metroidvania style. Yep. Um, so the way the game is structured is very conducive to new content being added. So yes. I, I, you probably can't talk too much about this, but <laughs> Are, are there any ideas for DLC? Are there things that you guys couldn't fit in that you would like to put in? Um, yeah, anything I mean, like that at all? There's always ideas. Um, we don't have anything we're announcing at this time. Okay. Uh, but we do have a lot of uh, patches coming out with some you know, great fixes and, and, and features and whatnot. Um, and again, we listen to the community. So if there's things that, that you guys want in Asgard's, there's things that you find um, that would make the game better. You know, come on the Sansaru uh, Discord channel. Let us know in Reddit, and um, you know we're here to you know make the best, most polished experience uh, we can. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way the way the story ends, there is definitely openings <laughs> for DLC. For how did I know you were going to go here? <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. It's it's a live audience. I have you captive. You yes, have to, yes. Might as I well. Can't, I, I can't read your facial expressions though, so <laughs> it, it limits my ability to interpret what you're meaning a little bit. But right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for people that have played the game, I you know, we'll, and just so you know, here we got people in the chat already. Meow Mix says they'll pay. I want Asgard's DLC. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, the, no one wants spoilers though, so I'm not going to talk about that stuff. Yep. Um, well, for you, I know in our showcase interview for the E3 VR showcase, you um, talked a lot about the animal companions as one of your yep. favorite features. Yep. Um, but what are some of the other things in the game that you really, really love? You know, I, I assume the asynchronous avenging thing is something you're you're a big fan of based on how you talked about it. But yeah, um, or or what are some lesser known parts of the game? Something that you know you just really like a lot. Yeah. Um... You know, definitely the crafting aspect. You know, a lot of people don't know just the depth of um, the crafting options we have. You know, 
each of the heroes has multiple upgrades. Um, you know, the animals can have upgrades. And I always like games that you can, um, you know, if you're going to invest the time to collect all these materials, pay all this stuff to upgrade these these companions and, and characters, is making sure that that stuff is beneficial to you. Um, and in the same, um, you know, thought, like we've talked before, it's like if you're going to go travel back to another saga and you now you have a new character or a companion and now you can finally open this door to get somewhere new. Like, I don't want to just open the door and there's some little nook with a treasure chest. You want to make a big, you know, grand unveiling, you know, and it's been super exciting for people to find those nooks and they go back to do those side quests and they're like, holy crap, this is like this is like a whole nother game just yeah. in this side quest. And and just to be clear, too, like I, I want people to know that that's not an exaggeration. And whenever I found the uh, I think it's called the unnamed tomb back in mm-hmm. the beginning of Ingrid saga back on the beach at the top tomb up yep. there. Yep. Um, I went back there and I was thinking, oh, yeah, I remember I didn't check that. Let me go back and look. And I had new followers that I gotten later in the game. And I mean, that was like a two hour side story. Yeah. And it filled out a lot of her backstory with her brother. And it was had a great little like contained narrative that had a good ending, you know, moment with the boat. And I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. It was more like emotionally impactful than a lot of the other content in the game because it was able to be very focused on just that character yeah it's an overarching story totally and i I gotta give credit we have a fantastic uh writing crew on staff you know grace lingad she's you know also the combat master but she wrote a lot of the story and um she really did a great job on the the side quests the the main arc and everything and um it's really those kind of surprises just like how you're talking about that side quest um that we wanted to make for people you know um, originally, you know, we weren't even sure we were going to have the multiple characters across the, the, you know, all the different acts. But I like those kind of surprises. You know, it's like, oh, you get to act two. It's a totally different character, totally different abilities, um, totally different story arc. And that's what's going to keep people playing is that kind of, you know, surprises and, um, you know, nuances and unexpected things that they're going to find in the game. Yeah, for sure. There's... Um there's definitely, you know, I think this was a game that the market was hungry for. I think. Yeah. Would be I was hungry good... for it. I, I wanted it, you know, this, yeah. is, this is the kind of game we want to play. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just excited by the, you know, uh, the feedback we've gotten from, from the fans playing it. And, um, it, it's nice to see people on the same page with us making the game, you know, and Oculus, um, you know, just to all be on the same page and, and see that appetite, you know, a lot of people question, you know, like how long are people going to play in VR? Like, are people really going to play, you know, an action adventure RPG for 40 hours? And I'll tell you right now, the answer is yes, they are going to play. So that is music to our our ears. And we're super glad that people are from your end as as a developer, you have insight into those kind of stats, right? So, you know, that people are playing your game for long periods of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the, the retention has been fantastic. Um, I mean, you could see it by just looking on YouTube. Sure. Like there's, (laughs) there's people that have finished the game. There's people that are well far in the game. And I, I look at those videos. I'm like, okay, they must have, vested at least you know 15 20 hours to get where they are right now 
um, and yeah. also based on you know just the, the feedback from the community. Cool. Um, I'm going to turn to the chat and uh, see if anyone has any final questions for Matt here before we um, get going. And um, while I let people answer potentially, um, or Eddie, so he already said no, no, no comment on DLC or sequel at the moment. Um, he, but, but I, I could see it in his eyes, in those, in those Oculus avatar eyes. I, I can, I can see through that. If anyone has any questions at all for him, let me know. And in the meantime, what are some of your other favorite VR games that, that you've played? Um, you know, I absolutely love uh, anything that Twisted Pixel does. Mm, um, okay. You know, uh, Defector was hands down fantastic. Love the game. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to Medal of Honor. Um, Ooh, you know, Medal I, of Honor, yeah. It, it looks great. Um, played it at OC6. I'm really excited for that. Um what else? Wilson's Heart is another one of my favorite, another Twisted Pixel. Yep, yep. Um, and then uh, Lone Echo, of course. Yeah. Uh, love the immersion and just the, the feeling of, of being in that world. Yeah. Um, and Stormland. I'm excited to play Stormland. You know, I'm waiting just like you guys to dig in there and, and get into that world. Yeah, the, um, I'm, I'm grateful. The Oculus did inform us that we should be getting access to it for review um, with ample time. Um, which is good for a game like that that has yeah. uh, that evolves and changes every week. That's a big part of their design. Yeah, um, you know that was that was one of the bad things about Asgard. I was bummed out. I got less than a week to review it, uh, right, so sorry. I had to cram. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is what it yeah. is. It happens. I totally understand. Um, I had you a weekend. Good, you did good. I, I did. You I, I tried, and I played on <laughs> me. I played on the medium setting. I didn't do easy. Right. Nice. So I, I had to parry. It, some of those fights were tough. Yeah, especially in um, in the Yotan area, the like yeah. all the different guards where you're trying to break out of the prison. That oh my, the the warden that fight took forever. That's a oh tough my one. Gosh, yeah, um, you know the the difficulty settings um, and the parameters that we adjusted per difficulty did come in quite late. Um, uh, but we're, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And uh, you know, like all our games, we're always looking for the widest audience to play yeah. the game like no one wants to play a game and you know you get pummeled and then you're dead and you're like oh i hate this game i never want to play it again you know we want to make something that is accessible to the to the widest audience and you yeah. know you can change the difficulty on the fly and um you know you can adjust it to to you know what you're comfortable with cool um it looks like we got a couple uh questions um so one of them is uh, hang on, I missed the name because of the chat scroll. Hold on one second. Let me scroll back up for a second here. Uh, Dante0415. Um, they want to know if you ever considered doing um, voice recognition for the game for when it comes to dialogue and talking to NPCs instead of picking from a menu. Did you ever consider yeah. you know, like speaking lines out? Like uh, the inpatient is a PSVR exclusive that does that for dialogue. There are mods that do it for Skyrim. Shadow Legend does it. Um, is that something you ever considered? Uh, we've talked about it, but not something we really considered implementing. We did add um, some stuff for VR sports. Evan, what did we add for that? Where you could uh, hike the ball by saying hike? I think that's it. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still in there. So we, we added that, but um, yeah, nothing for Asgard specifically, but you know, 
Yeah, I think as as voice recognition stuff gets better, I think that stuff will become more ubiquitous because it it really does add a lot. You know, I think um, one of the games coming out soon, Aspire One VR Operative, Mm -hmm. that's a game where you can you know point a gun at an enemy and when you sneak up behind them and say freeze and they'll put their hands up. Yeah, stuff like that's really cool. So yeah, anytime VR can do more stuff like that, that'd be great. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Kay Asante wants to know what you think of Oculus's push for um, non-PC VR, you know, stuff like Quest and uh, all that good stuff. They seem to be very focused on Quest, um, and it seems like a mobile is where they want to go in the future. I don't know if you have any thoughts yeah, on that. Well, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I mean, I absolutely love the Quest. Um, like I was saying earlier, you know, at my house, usually it's, you know, hey, there's dad in his, you know, computer room playing VR and I'm in I'm in my corner over there. But now with the quest, you know, I can bring it out in the living room, you know, and I'm playing games. I can cast it. People can see what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've had, you know, family members that are way more apt to get into VR because yeah, of the quest. For sure. And, and and again, that's that's really, you know, the 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 best part of it as a developer is getting more people in the VR space. And I think the Quest is the absolutely perfect platform for that. So can you comment at all about whether or not you are working on a Quest title at all? I cannot right now. Okay, okay. But you are a fan of the Quest, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yep, anything VR. Like, Sanzaro Games is in it to win it with VR. And um, Do you, you have know, any non-VR projects at the moment? I can't talk about that at this time. <laughs> okay. But you never know. Okay. You never know. So I I heard you mention you're working on the non-VR Tron game. Yep. What about Tron VR? Have you ever I, thought about that? I have thought about that. All right. I would love it. Make Even it happen. With a, Let's well, do it. You could see a little bit of it in, in some rip coil there yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Now we're, yeah, that we're, would be amazing. We're big Tron fans. We, we love the Disney properties and all that stuff. Okay, cool. Um, so I think that's a good stopping point then. I think we yep. covered a lot of ground here. I, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I'll uh, oh, thank you. give you a, a little virtual handshake there. Yep. Thank you very and, much, uh, we'll, we'll give you a souvenir VR plant to take home with you as well if you'd like. I yep. love it. Yep. It's, uh, it, but the one we give you will have the upload logo on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that's an important distinction. Um, so, yeah. So it th- looks like – hang on. We have well, – there is one other question um, from Jarillo. Um, what do you think about how divisive the rune shield and needing to break it is um, for mm. some people, I guess? Many people didn't mind it or did not like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, we have the, the different difficulties. Yeah. So um, speaking to that, what they're talking about is some enemies have that blue shield bar. You have to parry and break before you can yep. damage their health. Um, and, you know, if people have issues with that, personally, I did it first. I thought it was a little annoying. But then once you get into Act Three and Four and get farther into the game, you get you unlock a lot more ways to get through that shield. Yeah. Um, a lot of weapons you can upgrade to where they have a special attack that will destroy the shield instantly. That's or, correct. you know, destroy two or three bars at once and you can give frenzy meat to your followers and they can break the shield and yep. so there's a lot of ways to get through it. And and like with things like that, it's like you when someone starts a game you want convenience things you're like i wish i could fast travel i wish i could take those shields down faster well as a as a designer like that's gold i'm like okay i'm gonna give that to you 
but you got to work for it. You know, you got to do those upgrades. You got to do those things. Yeah. And yeah, it makes sure. it that much, you know, rewarding by the time you get to it. Cool. Um, so yeah, the, thank you everyone for tuning in. Everyone in the chat. I don't remember all the names, but the ones on screen right now, Chris, uh, Gould, Chris Richardson, Dave station, Jarillo, uh, Greg ZVR, dark angel, K Asante. Um, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we will be back again next week, but instead of Thursday next week, it'll be Wednesday, October 30th at 10.30 a.m. Hopefully, we'll be starting on time next week. There were some weird issues this morning. Um, you experienced them as well, where the Oculus Store it was issuing a software update at the exact same time that we were trying to put out an update for this app, and they just sort of like hit each other, and it wouldn't let us. It, it was weird, um, but we got it sorted. We're all good now. Um, so thank you everyone for tuning in. And if you're not subscribed to us here on YouTube, you definitely should hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment down below once the stream is over. And uh, also tune in over at uploadvr.com where we have all of our news and reviews and all that good stuff. You can read my full Asgard Giraffe review. It's like 3,000 words or something crazy. I wrote way too much about it. Um, the video review itself is over like 10 minutes long. It was, it was a, a Herculean task to boil that down into a video, but I tried. Um, so that's on here on our YouTube channel. And uh, thank you, Matt, for, for talking with me today. I hope you thank had a you good time here on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It was great. And uh, thanks to you guys. You know, make sure to check us out at our, our Sanzaru uh, Discord page. Um, thanks for being fans. And we're really, really happy you guys are enjoying Asgard's Wrath. Uh, and again, thanks to our wonderful, amazing producer, Mike Doran. Without that guy, none of this is going to happen. Thank you. Yeah, Mike is also working on um, uh, Medal of Honor. He yep. was at the event for that whenever I did the demo. So uh, he's a good guy. He's a cool guy. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'll probably stream some GTA VR again later today. Uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking, you know. I think, I think I'm going to go with the thumbs up on that because that was a lot of fun. So if you guys want to check that out, it'll be later this afternoon. I don't know what time exactly yet, but here on our YouTube channel. Uh, thank you, everyone, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful Wonderful rest of your day and have a good weekend and uh, we'll see you again next week. Mm -hmm.